Welcome back, yo. You're tuned in here with Raider Dave on a Tuesday, February 18th in the year of 2020. We're dropping episode 9. We're going to talk a little bit of news and notes, just catch up on Raider-related news the past week. Also, at the end of the show, I'm going to give you my top 20 first-round mock draft. So the Raiders, they got two picks in the top 20. We might as well see how this will shake out. It's very early. We, things are going to change. As far as the draft outlooks, teams are going to fill their needs in free agency. We're going to understand a lot more about some of these players declaring that have declared for the 2020 draft. So there's still a lot to shake out, but I'm going to give you an early bird one at the end just for fun. And uh, overall, though, Paul Gunther, that's the discussion today, man. Is Paul Gunther suited to be the Raiders defensive coordinator of the future? We know that they uh, fired Brenton Buckner, defensive line coach, and they brought in Rod Marinelli. Is that a move to put Paul Gunther on the hot seat? Who knows? It's anyone's guess. Now, we're going to get into strengths and weaknesses. Like, what does Gunther need to succeed in this league, man? Um, you know, the 4-3 defense, it's not too popular overall with everybody, but a lot of teams are running that 4-3 defense. And not only that, both these coaches are suited for the 4-3. It's more of a standard defense in the NFL, like I had mentioned. So, uh, let's get right into this, man. We're going to drop the intro. I'll be back. Stay tuned, baby. Right, let's jump right into news and notes, set this thing off right. I'm going to skip through some of these uh, news articles I have listed here, man. Like, you know, the Tom Brady rumor. I don't think there's any reason to talk about Larry Fitzgerald and what he has to say. I don't think there's any reason to talk about Antonio Brown returning with Mike Mayock and Gruden. I don't think there's any reason, man, until we have some hard, concrete evidence that this is all in place. These are all rumors. And uh, he said, she said, we just don't know right now, man. But once again, the Tom Brady rumor, as far as him leaving the Patriots, I think that's real. I think that's real stuff right there. So I think he will be leaving, if not strongly considering parting ways with the New England Patriots. So I think that's real. Uh, but I'm just not going to get into all the other stuff that's going with it. Antonio Brown and Tom Brady reuniting in uh, Las Vegas and all of a sudden they're going to start linking up like they were in week one of 2019. I, I'm not going to go that far. So um, let's just jump right into what I thought was impressive today. And that's Trayvon Mullen, man, utilizing his offseason to get better in this game. Uh, working with Chad Ochocinco out there in Miami. I think most of it's just footwork. You know, Trayvon Mullen, he's a press man cover. That's my opinion. I think he's a he's a definite slam dunk press man corner. Let's stop calling him a zone cornerback. This dude is meant for man coverage, and he shows every bit of ability on it. Did he have 50 tackles? He had 50 tackles this year. That's an aggressive corner. He had 10 passes broken up this year. That's a good, aggressive corner, a guy who can break on the ball. Also, um, he had three dropped interceptions. He had one interception on the year, but he had three dropped interceptions. Two of those could have easily been pick sixes. So um, I'm going to get into Trayvon Mullen down the road. I have a little little uh, special for Tra Trayvon Mullen down the road. I'm a big fan of the cornerback and safety, the defensive uh, backfield. I'm a big fan of that side of the football. So definitely going to dive into that. But um, also, the Raiders re-signing Jalen Richard, man. Uh, that's a good move. You know, you guys know I'm a big fan of DeAndre Washington. Hey, it's all good. Jalen Richard runs nice routes out of the backfield. Even this year, I saw some nice sideline grabs, some nice 
footwork out of the backfield, and he just made some plays at some key moments. And there's something there with Jalen Rashard. We know it with DeAndre Washington and Jalen Rashard. We only get to keep one of these guys most likely. I don't see them re-signing DeAndre Washington at this point. He's probably going to walk in free agency, as Vic Tafer did confirm that. He said Daryl Worley and um, DeAndre Washington are projected to test the market. Now, Daryl Worley's a guy I think we need to be a little bit more urgent on. Don't you don't want to break the bank with him if you have to, if you're getting a uh, competition with any teams out there. You know, if teams are throwing him crazy money, it's a wait and see game. It's a wait and see game on Daryl Worley, but definitely he's a guy I want to retain because he's been in this defense for two years and he's still really young at the age of I want to say like 26 years old. So um, something there with Daryl Worley if we can keep him. Now, there was, let me see, I'm just kind of going through the notes, so bear with me here. Uh, shout out to Lamar Houston, retiring a Raider. I don't know if I brought that up, but uh, shout out to that. And, you know, like one, I'm going to skip that. The Raiders rumored to sign Nelson Angelor. I like him. I like him, but way too early in my opinion. A one-year deal. This isn't that big splash that we're looking for. Now, here's the one I really want to talk about. Vic Tafer reported that the Raiders could be going hard after Chris Jones if he hits the market. Some are saying Kansas City is going to do everything they can to tag him and make sure he does not go anywhere and at least retain him another year. Now, I don't know, because if you really watch what Kansas City did this this year, they started giving Chris Jones some snaps off. I know there was a little bit of an injury. I think, I wanted to think he had a calf injury in practice that slowed him down. So he started taking snaps off, or they started giving him snaps off to where he was coming in as a third down pass rush specialist. Well, guess what happened to the Kansas City Chiefs when they pulled them out on first and second down? Their run defense greatly improved. They went from 140 yards a game to uh, giving up surrendering 140 yards rushing a game to 98 yards rushing a game in their last eight games and a lot of that was because Chris Jones was not on the field he struggles against the run um, but once again in the interior pass rush he is extremely effective and basically a pass rushing specialist not only that he gets a lot of batted passes at the line. So Chris Jones is worth the Cleo Mack money, as I had stated in a podcast like two months ago or a month ago, is that he's the guy I would totally throw Cleo Mack money at because um, you're going to get the sacks. You're going to get that inside leverage. And with Max Crosby and Cleveland Farrell, who knows what's going to blow up on the outside. So um, so I like, I like this report. And I did read in depth in this article. It was a nice breakdown. Do check it out if you can. It's a, it was about about a week ago, and, and it was just a great read. Also, the Raiders are interested in possibly making a run at Demarcus Robertson per uh, Vic Tafer as well. So, you know, just a little something to chew on there, you know, but it's something that I want to hear, you know, because you want to build those foundational pieces. We saw what Rodney Hudson, how effective he was as the, you know, the interior guy on the offensive line being the center, the general. Same thing with Chris Jones, man. What are we going to get out of him as that interior uh, guy in the middle? So it's something I definitely would like to see this offseason. And I think that's pretty much it, man. So we're going to jump right into this uh, meat and potatoes of this podcast today. Our outline is Paul Gunther, this defense. What is this team's identity? And I did bring up Trayvon Mullen earlier, Max Crosby. Those are two rookies. One drafted in the second round, one drafted later on in the fourth round. So far are the identity on this defense. We really need that key piece to be the, you know, when you think of the D and Jonathan Abrams soon to be, could be a part of, is going to be a part of that defense. And Jonathan Abrams going to be a tone setter for that defense. And who knows, maybe he's the true leader on this defense that might have already been there, but we just didn't get his services last year due to a nasty injury in the shoulder. 
So, once again, um, you know, they have a key pieces. Like I said, Max Crosby, Trayvon Mullen. Um, I mean, some are even saying Max Crosby could have 14 to 15 sacks come next season. That's what a lot of NFL experts are predicting. You know, and, and overall, if you look at Paul Gunther's defense, they sell a lot of blitz. I would like to see a lot more corner blitz, safety blitz. When he had Carl Joseph healthy, he was utilizing Carl Joseph as a safety blitzing inside. And, and Carl Joseph was winning a lot of matchups on those blitz packages. Um, I think the biggest weakness for Paul Gunther's is second half adjustments. That's the kicker. Because they're giving up two touchdowns, averaging two touchdowns in the second half, surrendered. Um, and they just come at the worst time. It's like they can't. It's like it's almost like by the second quarter, it's like they have a good defense to start out the game in the first quarter, and then by the second quarter, he's figured out, and this defense gets exposed. Now, I think a lot of that, once again, I repeat myself, has a lot to do with not having enough personnel, not having the right uh, personnel, especially at linebacker. To hear Whitehead cannot be your leading tackler back-to-back seasons. He was the leading tackler on defense this year. He was the leading tackler in 2018 on the defense. Um, you know, you just can't have that. You want a monster. You want a 140 tackle guy. Um, can Will Compton be that guy in the middle? He stepped in nicely. Now the Raiders, the Raiders, they were giving up like what 26 points a game. So about 26 points a game, the Raiders were surrendering. The last three games of the season, they finished out giving up. I want to say about 16 points a game, 17 points a game. So they got better uh, with Will Compton there, man in the middle. Um, and I think that's just a huge a huge asset to have that true middle linebacker and they did with Vontez perfect however the suspension affected all that and overall throughout the years and what I'm getting at is the building block for Paul Gunther is they did end up in the top 10 as far as stopping the run now stopping you know ending up now stopping the run is the first phase in anything from a player standpoint from a coach's standpoint you got to stop the run in the NFL if you don't everything else falls apart doesn't matter how good your corners are you know, how good you, you, you know, oh, yeah, well, we got these great corners that, and we have this great pass defense. Well, yeah, but you're getting the ball run down your throat. Uh, Kansas City knew that early on in their season. They had to make an adjustment, and that's what Steve Spagnola did. So did Paul Gunther to a certain extent. Now, uh, some of it's bad luck. You know, you're going to have bad luck. You're going to calls aren't going to go your way. You're going to get bad calls. We saw that. But overall, we just can't hear the excuses anymore. You know, whether it's bad calls, suspensions, not having the right personnel. At some point, you have to make the adjustment. That's what great defensive coordinators do. You know, one thing you could say about Paul Gunther is his defense did win us a game this year, man. You could credit Paul Gunther you can credit him in two wins I mean that key interception by Eric Harris being at the right time schemed I should say because you always got to remember the schemes that are in place man you know you could, well, well let's go back to the Bengals game the Bengals game when they had closed out they didn't play all that great but defense pretty much won us that game Trayvon Mullen had a game closing interception and you know credit Trayvon Mullen on that play but the scheme has to get some credit as well because you close the game with the scheme the right player in play Everything has to come together, so I'm trying not to be too critical of Gunther because a lot of us were really critical of Paul Gunther throughout the year. Like, he needs to go. Well, let's look at the big picture, man. The Raiders had seven wins. I just said you could credit two wins to Paul Gunther. You know, the defense stepped up at the right time in a few games and closed out a couple games. The Charger game, they had five sacks on defense. Five sacks that night. And I know Rivers is the Statue of Liberty back there, but... You know, you got you got five sacks and a multiple of turnovers to win that game. I credit defense for that win. 
um, as well as the Bengals game. You know, to close that game out, Finley had multiple opportunities to win that game, and your defense did exactly what you want them to do, close out the game, and, and don't let a guy like Ryan Finley put up three touchdowns and get their first win for the Bengals on the season. So, um, so once again, you know, I did bring up good production at middle linebacker between Burfecht. You know, early on, Burfecht is a very effective middle linebacker, knows the system very well, but with the season-ending suspension, you have Will Compton that later on comes in, fills in, and you got some nice production out of Will, Will Compton, 10 tackle games. The only way I think we're going to be able to really help out Paul Gunther, and this is the no-brainer for me because you have that one side of the fence that's Derek Carr is the best quarterback for the Raiders, and I, I'm not going to disagree with that. What I'm going to say is, is let's quit freaking banging on the defense so damn hard and pounding the table that we need corners or Paul Gunther needs to go, when in reality, the defense won us a couple games. And not only that, there is something here. The, the Now, if Paul Gunther can't figure this out, you already know. Rod Marinelli is ready to step in and continue the process with what they're going to present. And who knows what's going on? Who knows how long or short this leash is you know so once again just my general thoughts on paul gunther the big picture look you know 2018 was a year i kind of just wrote off for everybody from greg olson john gruden Derek carr paul gunther you know i mean 2018 was one of those seasons where man you got you know the whole roster's gutted you're starting fresh you know you're starting fresh and a foundation you're putting foundational pieces in at that point so not going to be too hard on, you know, we didn't see too many great things from the defense as far as statistically goes, you know, but there are some key things that took place this year to build on. And not only that, you want to keep that continuity going. So, um, so let's get into this mock draft, man. I'm going to pop this up right here, actually. Whoops. Boom. There we go. I apologize for my fonts. I don't know how that's going to look on your screen. Somehow I got the wrong uh, cropped. I got the wrong cropped. Somehow I cropped this wrong. Uh, on my format here that I'm using and you know so I hope you can see it good but what I did was I did a full 20 actually I did a full first round mock draft I don't know where I'm at with it you know to be honest because right now there you know these are too early there's just too early everybody's doing a mock draft it's just way too early but here's what I'm thinking and this is what's been kind of like stewing on my brain a little bit is that Isaiah Simmons might be there at 12 I think there's a strong chance I've been kind of saying that and then I kind of debate, like, oh, well, what about Devin White? You know, he was a great prospect coming out of LSU. He went sixth overall, I believe. Then you have Roquan Smith. You know, he was a slam dunk, in my opinion. I liked everything about Roquan Smith. He went eighth overall. And a lot of people were thinking, like, he wasn't a true middle linebacker. Two and a half years ago, when I was talking draft, I had people jumping in here telling me that Roquan Smith is not your true middle linebacker. I highly disagree with that. Um, now, the position has changed, and you got the hybrid linebackers and they're kind of saying the same thing about Isaiah Simmons what is he I think he's a linebacker his measurables are there he might be a little tall for a linebacker he's like 6'4 or 6'3 I believe but one thing is for sure is Isaiah Simmons is one hell of a coverage linebacker he has a lot of multiple talents things that are just across the board that I think you know just everything you're looking for if you're the Raiders the perfect defender for the Raiders right now from what I can see at that 12th pick and solidifying and possibly drafting Isaiah Simmons at number 12. And if you look at this mock draft, I think this is realistic that he could fall right in our lap. I really think the Giants are taking an offensive tackle this year for Daniel Jones. I really do think that they're going to invest high in one of these three offensive tackles, maybe four offensive tackles coming out in this top 20. 
Uh, you got the kid out of Louisville who's a monster. He could move up. Who knows? But right now, I think that's another thing. I put... Uh, let me go in order here, man. I'm jumping all over the place. So the Giants, man. I'm going with the kid out of Alabama, Wills, man. He's Right now, he's slotted at four. That's just my personal take. I'm going to say Justin Herbert, the 6'6", 230-pound uh, quarterback, is moving up in the board. I've been saying that all year. He's moving up in the board. He was a, a projected number one overall pick last year. Things changed this year. He, he's going to go top five, in my opinion. You know, teams are looking for quarter. The Dolphins have to be looking for a quarterback. If they don't get Tom Brady or sign Phillip Rivers, even if they do, they're probably still going to take a Justin Herbert. He'd be the perfect guy to mold. Even with the Chargers moving on from Phillip Rivers, I still have the Chargers taking an offensive tackle in this draft I think they're going to see what they have with Tyrod Taylor for one I think they're going to they're going to if they don't get a quarterback this year they're going to work with Tyrod Taylor this year and see what they got there but I think the Chargers have been really bad at offensive tackle for like two or three years straight this is the time man to get a tackle for them moving down the board here now with the Panthers I'm taking a complete guess here Tua in my opinion is a top five pick he should go top five, but once again, the Dolphins kind of derail that a little bit, saying they're not impressed with some certain things. I'm not sure. I don't think Tua falls all the way out of the top ten. I just think at this point in time, the Panthers is a big question mark, what they're going to do with Cam Newton. But here's what I'm thinking with the Panthers and why they take Tua here at number seven. Man, you got Christian McCaffrey. That would be one hell of an offense, one hell of a win-win situation for the Carolina Panthers. That one looks realistic to me. Give me your thoughts on that. Also at number eight, man, C.D. Lamb. He's probably going to be the top wide receiver in this draft. It's kind of a toss-up between him and Jerry Judy. I like Jerry Judy maybe a little bit better, but it's hard to say. I've liked C.D. Lamb ever since I've seen him play football, and everybody loves him this year. I've, I was already, I liked that guy before the season even started. I'm like, this is the dude, man, to keep an eye on. But every, once he put that Bolitnikoff jersey on, everybody fell in love with him. But I think he is a true top 10 wide receiver. He'll probably be gone by the top 10. So uh, you got the Jer uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. They desperately need interior pass rush help just to stop the run. You name it, they're a little weak interior. So I think Derek Brown's the solid pick out of Auburn there. And then with the Browns, man, they're going to need to get that protection for Baker Mayfield. I think it is time for the Browns to start addressing their offensive line. They've been acquiring playmakers the last couple years and getting guys like Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry, though, that's a receiver I'd make a trade for. Another topic, another day. And then at number 11, the Jets. We got Jerry Judy, man. I think he's a perfect fit for them. You take the wide receiver out of Alabama. Of course, he has drawn some similarities to Amari Cooper. And then right there, man, there's a site, Isaiah Simmons. Is there any way this could work? I mean, I know a team could take Isaiah Simmons early on. But with how many, with these teams and what they need, man, how bad they need to fill these holes, like offensive tackle for the Chargers, offensive tackle for the Giants. The Lions, they might lose Darius Slay. Who knows? I mean, so they take a corner out of uh, freaking uh, Ohio State and freaking Akuda, who's a freaking damn good corner. And I would draft him as well at number three if I was sitting there too. So, I mean, you know, you got Joe Burrow, Chase Young, Chase Young. Those are your, that's your lock at one and two. Um, so, yeah, man, give me your thoughts on that, man. I think Isaiah, I think there's a lot of reason Isaiah Simmons can fall to us, man. And, and that's going back, that, and that's a guy who liked Roquan Smith at number 10 in 2018. And Roquan Smith was gone by number eight when everybody was telling me that he wasn't even a top 10 pick. So give me your thoughts. Um, and I know these are different angles than you've probably heard. Um, so, and now here's the team I got to use this year in my draft. I'm going to be picking with the Colts. I think Jordan Love's the perfect fit 
And from the quarterback position upside factor, I just like Jordan Love, what he presents. I think he'd be a great fit for the Colts. I know they're going to still need a wide receiver, but that's my pick right there at number 13. And then you got the kid out of LSU, the edge rusher, who's really young, moving up the board. Uh, you know, a team's going to probably take a gamble on him. You know, a lot of edge rushers were drafted last year in the first round. We have a lot more stepping into play this year. And, you know, a lot more, just a lot more. And, and this is the big ticket. This is where you go get them. You know, like guys like like your cornerbacks. Like I, I see, like, like players I see being drafted high in the first round to get it at, you know, to get your value right away is the cornerback position and edge rusher and defensive tackle and some of these offensive tackles in the first round. So um, also, and so I'll just kind of jump ahead. I see the Dolphins picking up a wide receiver. You know, getting a guy like T. Higgins who might fit their uh, system very well. T. Higgins is a good guy, man. He's a guy you can run the end around with. You know, very athletic. All-around wide receiver is what he is. Can do pretty much anything. And I was just, like I said, I was just impressed with his breakaway speed. In the national championship game, he showed us a little bit more. And so right here at 19, man, this is the player I've been locked on all offseason. All year it was pretty much C.D. Lamb, but, man, Henry Ruggs the third. Made some catches, man, that I think were overlooked, man. This guy goes up and gets one-hand grabs. This guy freaking has an insane, insane catch radius. His long, his arms are so long. So the comparison like like that and where guys just say, oh, yeah, man, he's just, he's just a speedy receiver. No, he's not. He's not a speedy receiver, just a speedy receiver. We don't even know what he's going to clock yet in the 40. Hopefully he runs. I hope he runs. I'm sure he will. I hope he runs this year, man. I hope he clocks a good solid 4-2. That's all he needs. Henry Ruggs catches balls that are thrown behind him. Henry Ruggs catches balls that are thrown low to the ground. He catches balls that are thrown way above him. He's gone up and got one-handers up high. Um, not only that, the breakaway speed, the clean, crisp route running off the line, the first step off the line, you name it, man. He's got it all. He's got it all, in my opinion. He is the best wide receiver, in my opinion, in this draft. As much as I like a Jerry Judy who's polished, a nice route runner, you know, solid production, you name it. As much as I like a C.D. Lamb, very similar to uh, what I said about Jerry Judy. Good route runner, good production. It's just, and, and not only that, but C.D. Lamb made his quarterback look a lot better than what he really is. You know, as much as I like Jalen Hurts, there's still a lot of work to be done with Jalen Hurts. And, uh, you know, his craft and how he develops that in the NFL. So... So as far as the mock draft goes, though, I got a mock draft for two teams this year, so it's going to be real interesting. Uh, hopefully it doesn't look bad on my end, but we'll see. Hey, maybe I can nail three for three in the first round this year. That'd be, that'd be sweet. Isaiah Simmons to the Raiders at 12. Jordan Love to the Colts at 13. And Henry Ruggs the third man, to the Raiders at 19. Or if the Raiders even trade back a little bit and maybe get a second-round pick or add another third-round pick and get Ruggs maybe at 25 or 26 or so, that'd be sweet too. No matter what, it's going to be one hell of speculation moving forward. Everybody's speculating. Nothing's really happened yet. <laughs> All we got is rumors. <laughs> All right, man. I'm going to wrap this up, dude. Have a great day. I'm Raider Dave. This is Grimecast Media. You can find it on Spotify, YouTube. That's the two main formats for this podcast. Much love, everybody. I'm out. Peace.